0: This is Chelsea Wingo. And I'm Amy Covell. And this is our podcast, Hashtag Life Goals.
1: You know, in the next five years, there's going to be, I assume, four big players.
2: Why do I have to pay for it? If I just had rabbit ears, you would be free. Each week, we examine one of our life goals and figure out what steps we need to take to make them a reality.
1: Every movie we get now is either over $100 million or under $20 million.
2: So come join us. It's going to be fun.
0: Hey everybody, how's it going? This is Chelsea Wingo. And I'm Amy Covell. And this is Hashtag Hashtag Life Goals. This week, Hashtag Streaming. So let's get into context a little bit. So we've gone into April with health and wellness. This month in May, we're going to be doing a bunch of episodes talking about the entertainment industry and how the medium is evolving and changing. And the first episode we're going to do is Hashtag Streaming in dedication to... All the infinite amount of streaming services that are all over the place that I can't even keep count.
2: (laughs) Right, right. And because you and I both work in the film industry, changes like the different platforms in which we consume media Mm -hmm. really does affect our work life and the trajectory of our industry. So we thought it would be good to kind of sit down and really look how streaming is affecting the film industry, how it's changing the way we consume media, and what type of media we're consuming.
0: Exactly. And it's still, in a way, relatively new. It's only been around for, what, five, ten years? Like, it's still new, but it's impacted so much, and it's just going to keep on changing. So,
2: yeah,
0: oh boy. But before we get into that, Amy, how's your week been? How have
2: you been doing? My week's been great really busy. Um, Mm -hmm. as we've been talking about, I had those two shoots that were back to back. Mm -hmm. Um, I've now come out the other side of those and have been doing some of my wrap paperwork for the second shoot. Um, I have nothing new on the horizon, but that's okay. Okay. Because I did find out I made it to the next round for the DGA training program. Oh my God, congratulations. I'm so happy for you. you. That's fantastic news. Yeah, I still have a few more weeks before I actually go to the assessment exercise and interview, but it was great to find out that I made it to the next round and I'm looking forward to it. And fingers crossed, I mean... In a couple months, I could be working in the DGA training program. That is going to be freaking awesome. I'm so happy for you. Congrats, Amy. Thank you. (laughs) So what have you been up to?
0: Still relatively busy. Um, UCLA is now going into their third quarter for the professional program. And in that third quarter, we have a lot more guests coming in for lectures. So that's always fun to go in early and make sure the chairs are all nice and set up. AV is set up for them Fantastic. Starting writing new script. I um, actually just got another part-time gig. Actually, thanks to Amy, I got another part-time gig from her. So that's now I had to added <laughs> spread my stress around. <laughs> now it's put onto me. So now I understand what she goes through <laughs> in, the, in the little aspects. So yes, part-time stuff is kind of building up. And then also another thing that happened is that there was Game of Thrones. I don't personally watch Game of Thrones, but my brother loves The show so much that he had his friends from college come over, spend like Wednesday to Sunday hanging out and recapping all of the seasons of Game of Thrones in our living room.
2: It's been a while since the last season came out, so I feel like I almost do need to binge watch the entire series again to remember where we left off.
0: Hmm. I've, I've seen enough bits and pieces that I know where we are, but I will admit I'm probably a little biased that I'm really focused on the Daenerys story because I love Amelia Clark. I think she's great, but again, I've always seen is, bits and pieces. And she's hot as shit. Oh, no, she's very hot. So, I mean, it's kind of hard not
2: to be focused on
0: (laughs) But anyways, actually, interesting enough, Game of Thrones ties into streaming because it's on HBO Go, which we can stream as much as we want. Uh, There's just so many streaming services out there. There's HBO. There's Hulu. There's even on the anime spectrum, there's Crunchyroll. There's like fun animation. Okay. Well, why don't we start? Which ones do you have? Oh, jeez. I have Netflix. I have Hulu. I have... I just, I just got Freeform. I have Crunchyroll. I have Funimation. I do do Amazon Prime. Oh, I also do subscribe to YouTube. I do pay the monthly fee on YouTube. So in the way, that is a subscription fee. That is a subscription. Um uh, I think that's about it. Like sometimes, maybe I'll dabble, like try to go on Showtime or right.
2: CVS or other streaming services if I'm trying the to find the different, the different specific apps to yeah. To a channel. To a channel. I have pretty much just the major players. So I have Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Mm -hmm. and DirecTV Now.
0: Oh, yes, DirecTV Now, that's and the other one. And
2: through my Hulu, I have Showtime. And through my DirecTV Now, I have HBO and HBO Go. Mm-hmm.
0: I actually share HBO Go with a lot of my
2: family. So
0: we can all use that same to be able to watch as much stuff as we want. But I mean, the thing is, is that like I feel kind of like great and bad with having all these streaming services because you, know, you can watch whatever you want from the comfort of your own home. But at the same time, when there's movies that come out, I don't find myself going to the theater as often. As I used to. And I do love going to the theater. It's just the. Time and commitment and then also money. It's so expensive to go to the movie theaters it now. It is so, so
2: expensive to go to the movies. Yeah, yeah, so then it makes
0: so much more sense. And then there's also been the marketing strategy. Um, one of the producers that I used to work for when I interned at Atlas, he recently produced Triple Frontier. And what they did was that they released the movie into theaters first. And then afterwards, that's when they went to Netflix. So now some movies are taking that strategy into marketing and gaining a better audience. So
2: Right, and when Netflix releases things that they want to be – viewed for Oscar consideration. They release it both in theaters and on Netflix the same day, which I love the fact that it gives both of those options. No, no, definitely. I go to the movies with only two people, (laughs) (laughs) with my significant other and my dad. Those are really (laughs) the only two people I go to the movies with. Mm -hmm. And it's because it's like a special thing between us. Yeah. So I don't get to the movie theater very often either. And I would say probably half of what I see in the theater is either over the holidays when I'm with my family or are things that my significant other has worked on. I'm kind of in the same boat. Actually,
0: when I was younger, I had a really, really good best friend. Casey, hi, how are you doing? Uh, She used to work at the movie theater, and she knew how much I loved movies. So we would always go see movies together, free movies. So it was so much fun. She did drag me to a lot of like Marvel, like Captain America, Wolverine, all those movies because those were her favorites. I will say I
2: go to the movies way more often when I'm visiting my parents because down the street they have, you know, one of those like last chance theaters. The ones Ah, where the movie has left the main movie theaters, but it is not yet available on DVD or streaming Mm -hmm. because then they're like super cheap. Like when I was a kid, it was 25 cents to go to the Garland. It was $0.10 when my mom was a kid, (laughs) Uh, but now it's $3.50, and that's still – it makes it so much more affordable that Mm -hmm. I can just like go, let's go to a movie today. What haven't I seen yet? That sounds awesome, and I need to find some sort of theater like
0: that because I do live close to the Grove, so I could – so I I walk over there a lot of times. It's just – the just this the prices, the prices, man. I tried yeah. doing movie pass and that didn't even work because you have to do it like thirty minutes before the show. I tried to like plan all in advance, get it like hours beforehand, and then the card didn't even work and it was stuck there for like thirty minutes. So I was like, fine, I'll pay with another credit card and basically I had to pay double for a movie. So it's just like yeah. movie pass, you're out of my list. Well, and you
2: know how <laughs> how strapped I am for time. Oh so yeah. I mm-hmm. would say ninety percent of my streaming is actually done while I'm doing work at home.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's what's
2: really nice about all the options we have now for streaming.
0: All right, so how about we get into the research?
2: Yeah, we're already yeah. really diving Yeah, we're into already this topic. diving into so... this and we don't even have statistics
0: yet. So Okay. So well, you want to take worry. control of this, don't I've you? I've got the statistics. You got it. Okay.
2: It was really interesting because I kept kind of having to refocus the research because Really? Yeah. A lot of it was coming up and I was like, ooh, that's you know, that's kind of too close to the things that we looked into when we did hashtag overstimulation. That's right. That's, right that's, that's right. that's right. That's really not the focus here. Nope. So I had a harder time finding the kind of statistics that I wanted for this, but I did still find a lot of interesting data. Let's hear them. So the first source I have was from livestream.com. They had a post called... 62 must know stats about live video streaming. So this wasn't even something I had considered when I first jumped into the research was live streaming,
1: but that Mm. was where
2: a lot of the statistics were. So I did delve into it a little bit because I thought that that is definitely something we should discuss. So for live streaming, breaking news makes up 56% of the most watched live content. So that makes sense. Like, yeah. you know, that's why live streaming doesn't really occur to me because more than half of it is something that I wouldn't even consider to be live streaming, which yeah. is just news, <laughs> live concerts, festivals and speakers all tied for second place at 43%. So Yeah, I can see that. Conferences and speakers like then we're talking about C-SPAN, you know, or anytime a politician is making a speech. So again, even though live streaming has become so popular, the majority of it is still really tied up into the news category. Yeah. Though I will say with the increase of like
0: gaming content and live streaming and, and the and game I, does, that's coming up, right? I will for sure get to that as oh, well. Okay.
2: Okay. <laughs> um, I thought it was interesting that concerts and festivals were in some of these higher statistics yeah. because then I had another statistic saying like oh people are more likely to buy a ticket to a concert or festival after seeing a live stream of it and I'm like Wait, why it's not gonna happen now again for another year if you're watching someone live streaming from Coachella and you're like oh I'm gonna get a t- ticket to Coachella yeah it yeah, doesn't I make would sense forget about that because you can't go now for another exactly year. like are you gonna try to take a ticket
0: for me. the next year or like It doesn't make sense.
2: I'm like, okay, whatever. (laughs) You spend your money the way you want to. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. All right. So live video is also more appealing to brand audiences. Yeah. So 80% Mm -hmm. would rather watch live video from a brand than read a blog. And Mm -hmm. 82% prefer live video from a brand versus social media posts.
0: That, yeah, that makes sense. People, I would say, like to see action performing in front of them rather than having to read everything that's like... Right. Yeah. So like,
2: you know, they would rather watch a live video than yeah. read a blog that makes you think of all of those um, videos that are showing you new products or yep. teaching you how to use a product. For me, that's just like people are... People are lazy. They're like, <laughs> Sh- show me how to do it. I don't want to read how to do it. Exactly. I hate watching videos like that uh-huh. because I read really fast. And so when I'm watching the video, I'm like, oh my God, can we just get to it? Because like, yeah. I'm watching something looking for a fix. And I feel like I'm waiting for... Ever. Whereas if they had just put it into a blog post, yeah. I could have read it and already tried it by like two minutes into the video.
0: Yeah, no, sometimes when I'm like researching stuff of how to do a certain effect or thing of Adobe Premiere or work, I will sometimes purposely skip through the video and be like, Okay, I get this. Let's get let's get to the move far. So if yeah. it was live and I had to wait, just I like, come on, I need my information. On my now. Google
2: search when i'm looking something up on google and it pops up with videos first that is a huge turn off to me <laughs> but it's a huge turn on to everyone else apparently so so some of the draws to live streaming include behind the scenes content exclusive mm-hmm. content um and there are a lot of other statistics that in all reality they all equate to fomo fear of missing out Exactly. So that's really where live streaming gets people. It's that fear of missing out. People will watch a live stream a lot longer than they will something that's um, SVOD, streaming video on demand, mm-hmm. because they're worried. They're like, oh, maybe I'll turn it off right now. If it was streaming video on demand, you know you could just pick it back up at any time. Yeah, with a live, you But can. the live, you can't. And you're like, well, if I turn it out, like, you no, know, who's to say there's not going to be a giant striped unicorn coming on? <laughs> like, I might miss it. <laughs> And I'll have to my... find out via Twitter, and my the... life will never be the same. Oh, jeez, yeah, no. There's actually
0: a new game app called Unread. Have you heard of it? No. It's basically this video game, this kind of game app where it works as a, like you're with you have someone else's phone on your phone, and you get text messages, and you get um, Instagram stories, and you also get live feeds from certain events that happen. So you have to be there to watch the live stuff, otherwise you might miss it. And one of them was something that was live all the way through, and I kept missing the most important parts, and it just took me right out of the story. So it was just like, had a bit, bit of FOMO there, but it's just at the same time, it's like, it's just a story. It's just a murder mystery story of someone getting but kidnapped. But that's how they get
2: us. That's exactly. how they get us. <laughs> YouTube reports that mobile video consumption rises 100% every year. Does not surprise me. No, it doesn't surprise me either. YouTube has over a billion users and 80% of its views are from outside the U.S. I keep forgetting about about how big the consumer media is outside the U.S. So (laughs) I would definitely recommend to content creators when you're thinking about your audience, especially if your platform is YouTube, you've got to be reaching a global audience. There are certain things that like Facebook is much more about the American audience because there are so many countries where access to Facebook is not allowed. Mm -hmm. Um, YouTube is more widely accepted across multiple countries. And then you have to think of all the third world countries that don't have great access to internet. When they do have access to internet, the things they are on is going to be things like YouTube, things that are free. that will give them media streaming. Mm -hmm. So by 2019, online video is going to be responsible for four-fifths of global internet traffic. I could see that. <laughs> and surprisingly, the quality of video is so important for streamers, especially for live watchers. Yeah. That kind of surprised me because in a live arena, you don't have as much control over the quality. But apparently that's one of the biggest thing. They also said that content for live streams was like a huge drive. Like it had to be quality content. Yeah. But I don't know if I believe that. Based on the vast amounts of trash that people <laughs> are live streaming,
0: that I mean, yes, there is there is a good portion that can be trash, but because a lot of the live streaming I watch unboxing, is like, no, actually uh,
2: unboxing,
0: <laughs> it's <No>. trash. <laughs> it's trash. Nobody
2: needed to record that ever.
0: Yeah, No, my I was going to go for like the video game content or like the YouTube creators, like the ones that I watch, like Markiplier or, or like Smosh Games or people like that. Like they pride, on, well, not pride, but the, they make sure that the content is good and they make sure like if you're doing like a Let's Play or something like that, that they, you're able to see what's going on because you want that interaction with your audience. So that way they well, can true. see what's going that, on. Well, true. That's true. Yeah. So I understand in that aspect, but
2: but I'm just for the, the vast amount of stuff I see on YouTube or on Instagram. There's so much out there that I'm like, I can't believe that someone thought this was interesting enough to film, let alone that people are watching it.
0: it times are changing, unfortunately, and some of them are going straight down towards the toilet. And yeah, <laughs> here's where my age difference with you
2: starts to show. So yeah.
0: well, I don't like a lot of that stuff. So <laughs> okay,
2: now some statistics from Statista. So the share of households with a paid streaming video service is 55%. So more than half of households have at least one streaming service. Oh, yeah. Service providing the top most in demand digital original TV show in March of 2019 was Netflix. And they are also the top streaming service. Yep. Doesn't surprise me. And the average session length for a Hulu user in the US is 2.9 hours. Per every time they log on. So yeah, when they're going to watch Hulu, the average time that they're watching is three hours. And that makes sense for me because I watch a lot of crime dramas on uh, Hulu. mm -hmm. Not true crime, but I watch like crime procedurals. Yeah. And I turn that on when I'm working at home and it's probably on for about three hours. Yeah.
0: Have you uh, started watching the act at all? I have not yet. I actually, uh, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I have been starting to watch that when it comes on every Wednesday. And I'm really liking it. So I can understand that pretty much because I will also want to go back to certain parts of the episode, and be like, okay, how does this connect? Or like, what's going on here? I need to understand this. So,
2: well, that definitely leads into binge culture, which we'll be getting into soon. <laughs> Next, uh, there was an article in Forbes by Arnie Alson. Mm-hmm. It was about the future of media, disruptions, revolutions, and the quest for distribution. So in 2018 alone, Netflix CEO Reed Hastings said Netflix will spend over $10 billion on new content, release 80 new films, and premiere an astonishing 700 new television shows. Man, the only thing that I'm relating
0: to right now is like the Hallmark Channel because they in their own channel, they've released like over a hundred films in a way they do. per year. I have a friend that works for Hallmark. And the Christmas alone, she had to work on like 20 or 30 different films all in right. like that three or four month right. period. Because Hallmark really,
2: they don't <laughs> focus on licensing content. They no. focus on producing their own content. Exactly. And the big ones are like in the holidays or Valentine's Day. Those are the big, big ones. To give you some context, the top six movie studios released 75 movies in 2017. And that is all six of those studios combined, mm-hmm. they only released seventy five movies, and Netflix is releasing eighty in a year. Oh, plus yeah. television. <laughs> no,
0: geez, Netflix is coming after everybody. <laughs>
2: they are. So the difference between direct to consumer or what they call OTT, over the top streaming, such as Netflix, mm-hmm. is it has data on its audiences. Oh, right. Oh, my gosh. So you know how, like, when you open your Netflix, it will be like, hey, if you liked the act, you might like this. Uh So they have constant access to data on what we like, and they can make decisions based on that when they're purchasing content, when they're approving new scripts, and when they're recommending content to you to keep you on the platform longer. Mm -hmm. Versus studios, studios are really the middlemen. Um, When it comes to providing content, like they license a content or purchase it, they produce it, and then it goes into a movie theater to distribute. They don't have any direct contact with the audience. Yeah.
0: It's all up to um, the marketing and the um, movie theater. Right. They're selling it to
2: platforms they don't control because even after it leaves the theater, then they're selling it to a cable network or to... A streaming platform that again they don't control Mm -hmm. which is why we're seeing a lot of studios starting to come out with their own streaming platforms yeah exactly and then the uh, online streaming they all have it wrapped in one right and then television so television networks their model is based on selling advertising blocks so (laughs) it's when they get money for programming it's not because oh this particular show is worth X amount of dollars. It's no, the audience for this show is worth X amount of advertising dollars. Mm -hmm. So we can guarantee that this many million viewers will be watching Fox at 8 p.m. on a Friday. It's not about what show that money is paying for it's really about how many eyeballs they can have on it. Yeah, no, exactly. This might be a little
0: off topic, but I remember there was a tweet a long time ago uh, from James Charles, who is a very well-known makeup artist on YouTube, and he was responding to a tweet about a fan who had said that, they like, complaining about the ads for YouTube. And he talked about how for TVs, they do, um, I think it's like, eight or nine different ads for that whole show that are like 15 or 30 seconds each and nobody complains about that so right because we're used to it
2: yeah and then youtube it's much shorter actually there's a lot
0: shorter ads and there's not as many so we've
2: been conditioned to because that's the way tv has always worked but then cable network television is even slightly different so cable network are your paid channels Mm -hmm. like when you pay for cable. It's not your Fox, your NBC, your ABC. Those are what we call regular network television. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cable network television, they get you by bundling their programming. Mm -hmm. So they bundle a bunch of programming together to make you a subscriber, or they bundle a bunch of services together to get you to pay more for them. That's how they make their money. So that's why there's a new drive for studios and networks to start building their own platforms to stream Mm -hmm. because these models are not working anymore because the streaming models have found a way to really leverage the data of their customers in a more lucrative fashion. Things are changing so, so much. Jeez. (laughs) Now we're getting into the future. Oh, now we're getting into the future. Now we're getting into the future. Oh, boy. I don't know how much my brain can take. (laughs) So there was an article on thepopinsider.com by Steph Mm Grosulo. And it was about streaming services change the entertainment industry, the ways that people watch TV. Mm Mm-hmm. So a big selling point for streaming video on demand is that the platforms are unique from user to user. Like we just talked about, Mm -hmm. they're farming data from us. They tailor the experience to us. Whereas cable television is created for the masses. They know they can get X amount of eyeballs in front of that television set on a Friday night it's a wide variety of eyeballs. And so it has Mm -hmm. to be, I mean, that's why all of your mainstream ads, they have to appeal to a very large group. Whereas your ads on your streaming video on demand, they can be much more niche focused. Look at all of our targeted focused marketing that we have on our social media Mm -hmm. or on our cell phone games because those are tailored to us, to things that we'll want to buy. I mean, Your ads are going to be different than the ads that show up
0: on my phone. No, I totally agree with that 100%. It's just, it's questioning sometimes with some of the ads that I see like, do they really think I want this? (laughs) Because sometimes I do, but sometimes
2: I don't. Think back to your internet searches and to the things that you say. So I get a lot of ads for the elderly <laughs> because I have a boss who is an AARP member. Mhm. Okay. And so based on some of the searches or things it hears discussed around my devices, it assumes that that must interest me.
0: Yeah, no. It's, it's interesting how there's been times when I've talked about, oh, I'm going to dye my hair a different color or something. And then it starts popping up ads about like this color wax that'll make your hair vibrant whenever you exactly. want. And then
2: just, eh. <laughs> so the very premise of streaming video on demand designs is to draw users in and keep them watching for as long as possible. Yep. The next episode is always just a few seconds away, and we all know where that rabbit hole leads. That's what. This is one of the reasons why I try not to watch
0: online streaming as much as possible because I can get into a binge mode. So I try to for avoid sure. doing that as much as possible. So it kind of works that the act, like it's only every Wednesday that it happens on Hulu.
2: Oh, it's not released no, all at once? No, it's not released all at once. It's See, for me, every- that means I'm not going to watch it now until it's done and it's all available. <laughs> because if I'm going to watch it, I want to binge it.
0: Counterintuitive. Well, I mean, later on when it's all out there, you can watch it all. But for me, it works to have that kind of restriction a little bit.
2: When I'm on a bit of a time crunch, like say I'm watching TV when I'm getting ready to leave the house, I will... Turn on my DirecTV Now, which is actually a TV stream, Mm -hmm. because then it has commercials. Mm -hmm. And then I know that the shows start on the half hour in the hour. So when a show ends and a new episode of something begins, I know what time it is (laughs) instinctively. Interesting. So that helps me kind of keep track of time in the back of my head. So there is a streaming platform for every niche. And I'm sure I guess it's going to tell us about. All sorts of different platforms we have not even heard of. I, I, I imagine so. Here was another thing that I hadn't occurred to me, but is so very true. So series that air on cable TV are held to a traditional censorship guideline. While content that streams online is, for all intents and purposes, a free-for-all. It's kind of like when we had XM radio come onto the scene, mm. and you could curse on XM radio. <laughs> if we did not have XM radio... Would we have podcasting now? That's a mystery, I guess. We won't know until we dive into it for next would. episode. <laughs> I don't think we would. I think that was really what brought brought podcasting um, into existence, no, was I, that ability to not have to censor your content. Yeah, you know, I, can, I can see the dots connecting regarding it, yeah. Yeah. According to screenwriters... Oh, boy. ...there is an entirely different writing process that goes into effect when you're writing for a streaming video on demand. The writers don't have to worry about building up suspense before and after commercial breaks. Instead, they get to play the devil's advocate and leave the cliffhanger until the last few seconds of the episode, tempting the viewer to continue watching. I will say that is a bit intriguing
0: for me because I do have a TV show idea that I have. And with how I've written it, it's not at all the TV format, but... I like having the suspense at the end because it'll make so them want to watch the next one. So it might fit in the streaming video it, on I actually demand. think it'll, it might fit. It also has to do with hacking, so.
2: Cool. Spoiler. <laughs> I have to say, I even read books that do this. Like, mm-hmm. Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> not a good book. No.
0: Not a good book. No, and no, if no, no. And if
2: you're anybody who who enjoys any sort of kink, it is not 100% vanilla, you'll read that book and go, this is so tame. <laughs> But the last like three pages of the first book, I was hooked Mm because it left me in a cliffhanger. So then I was like, damn it, now I have to read the second book. And I read like three chapters into the second book. And I was like, I can't do it. I can't
0: do it. (laughs) No offense to anybody that loves the series. We just don't. That's it being said, I did watch all the movies just because
2: they were there. (laughs) And then there were a couple of interesting insights from, Someone that Steph Garuslo interviewed, uh, Jeffrey Calhoun. He's the founder of We Fix Your Script. Okay. And then this article ended with, you know, an interview. And the interview was of Jeffrey Calhoun, who is the founder of We Fix Your Script. They're a digital outlet that provides amateur screenwriters with tips from professional screenwriters. So he said, you don't have to worry about commercials. Revenue is based on a subscription basis. This can give plenty of time to really dig into a character and build a larger, more meaningful episode cliffhanger at the end of a show, which then encourages the viewer to stick around for the next episode. Ooh. When viewers get to know the characters on a deeper level, they are hooked long after they watch the last episode. It's this addiction that keeps the brands buzzing following the often one day series release. So like when Orange is the New Black releases its new series on a Friday and we all binge watch the entire season before Monday, it's these deeper character connections that we're getting from the streaming platform, from the way that their content is structured, Mm -hmm. that keeps us talking about them.
0: Yeah. No, I could see that. I never watched the Orange is the New Black.
2: (laughs) I never got into it. Such a good show.
0: Uh, People have been telling me that I should watch it. So maybe one of these days. But right now I have too many on my list that people are telling me to watch so
2: <laughs> so apparently according to calhoun there's a method to this madness when you binge watch a show your brain releases dopamine oh yeah dopamine makes you feel good mm-hmm. really good <laughs> this release reinforces reinforces your binge watching habits so you can keep feeling those good vibes which means you literally become addicted to a show
0: yeah no that kind of from my mind, it kind of jumps to like the completion theory of like, wow, you need to like finish a painting or finish a game or finish a puzzle. Right. Because you get
2: that dopamine effect of like, it will feel so good when and, I finish and it. And that's and the, the thing. You don't have to wait keeps... another week for the new episode to come out. You can just do it right now. So you just
0: keep going and going and going and going. And then you get this nagging thing when you don't do it. It's like,
2: Argh! exactly. So. Exactly. Oh so as you can see, the streaming. <laughs> there's no words. <laughs> there's no it's words. so much. It's so much. Oh, and God. this is the direction that our industry is going. Yeah, And I would be really interested in finding out all the different ways that that's going to affect your and my careers. Yeah, no, exactly. But for you, it sounds great. Apparently <laughs> there's better ways to tell stories with streaming. No, exactly.
0: So. I mean, I mean, we shall see. We shall see. It, because then it's like, it's definitely a great way to kind of get all your research regarding for screenwriting.
2: But I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. All right, well, before we fall further down the yes. streaming rabbit hole, let's bring in our guest. Yes, please. All right, Chelsea, well, why don't you introduce our guest for today? Alrighty.
0: so our guest for today is uh, someone that knows a lot about streaming, but also is a fellow boxer like I am, and his name is Cameron. Say hi!
1: What's up, everybody?
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. Cameron. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah.
2: So and then Cameron, I hear you're also a fellow podcaster.
1: I am. I am. <laughs> I have a a very nerdy, very niche podcast called Tim Talk with two M's, uh, based around the creator Bruce Tim. Uh, in the '90s, he created the entire uh, DC animated. Universe. So, Batman: The Animated Series, Superman, Batman Beyond, Justice League, etc. They all all those
2: Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: starting in 1992, going through
2: 2006. Spider Man. Does never a Spider Man -Man can? That's Marvel. That's Marvel. Get the right universe. Sorry, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think Batman had a swinging no theme song.
1: Well, I mean, it was done by Danny Elfman.
0: Oh jeez, we're already all over the table, and we just started. No, that's
1: fine. (laughs) <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's as chaotic as mine is, as my is. <laughs> yeah. um, which,
0: um, which I actually was listening, uh, earlier today, um, your, uh, Shazam, your review, that was oh. hilarious, especially your little stint of how you're, how, what's the, how do you, how do you fly?
1: How Who? do you fly? <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to take hold of this podcast for about three minutes for a second and <laughs> okay. just ask people how the, how people how does the superpower of flying work? Because <laughs> I mean, Superman is the only one that doesn't make sense. Marvel's handled it pretty well where they all mm-hmm. explain how, you know, Thor throws his hammer and it the, the propulsion carries him through the air. Uh, you know, everyone else has magic or science. But in reality, for someone that can just float, how does that work?
2: Have you ever seen <laughs> Monty Python's Flying Circus? I have. Flying Lessons. You're on a wire. I'm not on a wire. See, look at me with this hoop. There's a hole in that hoop. Well, it wouldn't be a hoop if it didn't have a hole in it.
1: <laughs> I haven't seen flying circus in a while.
2: Oh, uh, so, so for
1: another 30 seconds, I've, I've kind of surmised it down to um, there's two ideas of flight. There's either uh, buoyancy where you're floating or there's, uh, there's still gravity. So either way, I feel like if you have that power, you wouldn't fly like Superman. Where it doesn't like you don't make that pose as a normal human in any activity you do. Mm -hmm. You'd either mimic the movements of a bird or the movements of a of a uh, fish. Fish. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, So if there's buoyancy and there's no gravity on you, you'd fly like a dolphin. I feel like that's a great image to imagine Superman just wiggling his body through the air at the speed jo- of a you know at, at the speed of Mach five. Well, actually,
2: what I'm seeing in my head is <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes. I'm seeing the whale. Mm-hmm plummeting to earth. I have still yet to see that movie. (laughs) Really?
1: Have you read the book? No. It's delightful. Oh, it's delightful? Okay. Mm -hmm.
2: I have have the entire series if you want to borrow
0: it. Okay, that's great. Well, that was an interesting start for the introduction. It's it's very
1: important for me that people have (laughs) this question and don't just buy into these. I'm glad that you were able
0: to express it here and not annoy your co-hosts. I think (laughs) that has been
2: one of the most interesting things about comic books and why it can be something that really sticks is because it can create so much debate. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. It's one of the things I love about Kevin Smith's Mallrats when they're like getting into I am... all of these arguments <laughs> I... about-
1: Mallrats is in my top five favorite movies of all time. I love Mallrats. <laughs> yes. And I love how they're
2: explaining how Wonder Woman could never be pregnant. With... That Wonder Woman's the only person who could be pregnant with Superman's Absolutely. baby. Absolutely, yeah. Because her womb is the only one that could handle his like super jizz.
1: yeah. Kryptonian sperm.
0: What? Oh my gosh!
2: See, we can we can, we can see, talk about this forever. for hours. Yes. I am not yes. a big comic book person, mm-hmm. but I have enough of a reference mm-hmm. to be yeah. able to join in those conversations. I feel like and everyone they're does they're nowadays. Yeah. yeah. No. Oh, yeah. great. Like, superhero
1: culture is so embedded in today's society that it's hard to. It's more impressive for people that like can't. Talk about it now.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, I was so excited when a lot of the superhero movies started coming out. Like the first three X-Men I was all about. Mm-hmm. By the time the first Avengers movie had come out, I wanted to see it. But my boyfriend and my friend went without me.
1: Oh. And so then I didn't see it
2: when it was in the theaters. And by that point, <laughs> Marcus is making I a did face. not care. I was finally, I was just like, you know what? I'm burned out <laughs> from all the superhero movies because they had also redone several movies already Mm -hmm. and I'm like wait but you guys just revitalized that character in the last like five to ten years why is there another remake already like how many remakes have we had in the last 20 years of the Hulk a whole new one two I feel like Sorry, there's been three.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel like. Well, if, been if
1: we're three. going actor-wise, then yes, we had yeah. uh, we so, had Angleys in 2003. We had um,
0: Eric Bana, then we had Edward Norton, and now Mark Ruffalo.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: right. So we got right. a because lot other
2: than you know, and so I'm like. But I mean, people I just, are so stuck on out. that. I got burned out on mm-hmm. it. You know, <laughs> I mean, with Batman, yes, we've had all these different Batmans. Yeah. But it was always in the idea that. Other than Christopher Nolan's series, Mm -hmm. the rest of them were all in this idea that they did go sequential, that Mm -hmm. the other movie had happened.
1: Yeah. Well, Marvel came by and brought in the whole new idea of a cinematic universe. I know right. we're not on topic, but I'm gonna go. <laughs>
2: That's okay. It's okay. <laughs> no, I mean with, with the
1: with with the cinematic universe, it changed the game of filmmaking. We've never had. I mean, I can't say never because in the you know 40s and 50s we had those 17 movie series where it's the same actor all through the same thing. But in modern cinema, we haven't had such an expansive, connected universe. True. And it's so powerful that every other studio is trying to jump on this bandwagon and just really falling short like no one has really been able to capture the same power and I think that gives a lot of praise to Kevin Feige of like he's he's a man that knows this this world so inside and out that like he can do whatever he wants and everything makes sense and when you have you know Zack Snyder he doesn't command that same power and that same Mm -hmm. knowledge base right you have because he was replaced with Jeff Johns and Jeff Johns being a he was the head writer of DC and he even he couldn't get these films on the right track. And so right. now the DC universe is just collapsing in front of us.
2: Yeah. They always fall short on, unfortunately on the DC side, but I will have to say, even though I pretty much given up on the superhero movies, I just, they weren't a priority for me anymore. And they are one of those things that is an experience to be seen on a big screen. Mm-hmm. So I'm less likely to, to stream it at home. If I, if someone wants me to go to the movie theater and see it, I'll see it. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: I don't know but it was so interesting you guys talking about your movie preferences because that's. Right. I, <laughs> I go to the movie at least once a week. Uh, which I mean, is good. Well, yeah, which is a very I good thing. The, the, the the though, right there.
2: The Avengers Infinity War. Mm-hmm. I went and saw that. I did not have high hopes for it. And I was really impressed at how they made all of those characters and all those crossed storylines come together and work. So that has actually kind of revitalized my interest in giving more of these movies a shot. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of the DC movies just because my boyfriend works on them. Oh, nice. nice. So, yeah.
0: all right. So, moving on a little bit. That was a great show. Okay. Okay. No, no, no. It's totally so. Now fun. we
2: really have an, a feel of who Cameron is. Oh yeah, that's yes. what I was about
0: to say. Like, this is why I wanted to bring him on. <laughs> yes, I will say. Like, side note. Like, context. Cameron and I know each other from boxing. When I first started going, I always noticed him out of the corner of my eye, and he was always a badass. Like, he will. He well, thank put, you. Of you No, you are. You power through all. Like, you power through everything that happens in class. Like. Obviously breaking a lot he's of sweat. Jacked, but ladies yeah. and gentlemen. No, he's 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 very he's very handsome. He very guys are
1: too too sweet to <laughs> me. My and podcast partner has never been this encouraging.
0: <laughs> Welcome. But anyways, um so I would always see him in the corner of eye uh, uh, doing all this and I was like, yeah, I I'm never gonna talk to him. Like we're never gonna interact whatsoever. <laughs> like I had that for some reason in mind and then I don't know, somehow it happened.
1: <laughs> our our class is very oddly structured where there's like for, for being such a homey place there's <laughs> pockets of friend groups there, it, it, there it's are. very yeah uh, it's very much like a high school you know yeah it's, <laughs> yeah, it's very clicky it can be
0: clicky yeah it can so be so I do bit. understand
1: you know talking to people outside of the when you see someone in a circle it's hard to, to join into <laughs> that yeah, circle yeah exactly
0: since I have never done boxing before and I'm still fairly mm. new well, to I mean sport. none of us have
1: that, that's the thing you've is, been
0: doing like over 500 classes yeah but something. everyone
1: starts at nothing <laughs>
0: But I've only been doing. I mean, it for I like started by
1: watching an anime about boxing. Okay, I'm gonna do that.
0: <laughs> I did not know that. Okay, yeah, Hajime
1: no Ippo Championship Road. Highly recommend it for everybody.
0: <laughs> okay, but yeah, no. And then ended up starting talking, and then he was going on about Simpsons World and everything that's going. On, and I was like, This is gonna be a good guy for fast streaming. So. What's
2: Simpsons World?
1: So, so getting <laughs> into getting into this into the streaming world. Uh, Simpsons World is a Simpsons only streaming service that handles. The idea of streaming on such a different level that it kind of blows my mind that no one else is trying to copy them. I understand that they're a very small well, presence. Well, they say
2: that Niche is really um, a good moneymaker in the streaming video on demand. Mm-hmm. Platform,
1: uh, and so kind of, kind of my argument for the streaming, for the future of streaming. Everyone's been talking about bundling and kind of the, I call it the battle of the bundles, the bundling <laughs> era, the the hub era with with uh, Roku. I'm more concerned about what's going to happen after that. Like when all the content has been uh, absorbed, how do you put? How do you how do you put yourself above the person next to you? And the way Simpsons does it is they have uh, custom channels you can watch. So it's not just about bundling, you know, like I can watch, you know, all of the office and all of friends. Simpsons is like, Hey, with these shows, how about we just have, so for Simpsons, how about we just have a channel where it's just the Bart episodes and it's a, uh, auto-generated 24 seven stream of just the Bart centered episodes. Or I can do Marge episodes, or Treehouse of Horror, or well, Four by Three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because they definitely
2: have enough content to yeah, you do that. See how genius this is? Yeah, that show has been on for twenty plus years. Mm-hmm. The, I don't know if you remember, but two of the animators for that show used to live above me. Oh, really? Oh, wow. I That's did awesome. not know that. Yeah. That's awesome. They have the content to make that work. Yeah. but you would think that maybe a lot of the television networks would see that because they have they could do that with sitcoms.
1: Exactly. Friends,
2: friends would be a really good one if they want. Oh, I rewatch Friends the entire series at least once a year, probably more than once a year because a lot of times in the morning that's what I'll turn on on the TV because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I've seen every episode, yeah. and so I can kind of float in and out, and I'll still enjoy it while I'm working. Yes, yeah. and
1: I feel like streaming services don't care about that audience member anymore, mm-hmm. and I it's it's such a. And more and more people are falling into that. I mean, we've had Netflix for fourteen years. Yeah, since mm-hmm. since g- receiving the DVDs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was an early yeah, adopter. Yeah, that's true. They Same. did start
0: with the DVDs before. Was it DVDs before the streaming service?
2: Or
1: was yes. It? yes. Yeah. The yeah. DVDs yes. started in two thousand one. Yeah, which uh, is
2: right after DVDs. Entered and mm-hmm. DVDs came out in 2000.
1: So my mom was CFO of Blockbuster at this time. Okay. Oh. So Netflix was a very bad word around my household. <laughs> oh no! Uh, and she got out seven letter bad word. Yes, she got out uh, about two years after that. And so we we got on Netflix after that. Uh, but clearly, you can see the effect Netflix has had. On on that company, <laughs> um, so with with the with the auto generated content, I mean, yeah, we even with friends in the office, like how nice would it be to just have a random button?
2: Yeah, just yeah. like for sure, because
1: mm-hmm. I mean, South Park had that when they had their streaming platform.
2: I mean, that's one of the things about watching it actually on like live TV that I like. So when I watch my Direct TV now, because I don't have regular cable, I don't have a digital rabbit ear to even get like the local stations out of the air Mm -hmm. is that one of the nice things about throwing on TV is that they've already selected what's going to be on for me. So that I'm very happy you brought that up. That's a great segue (laughs) to my
1: next thing is I feel like streaming services need to adapt the Spotify model of content absorption where Spotify is is kind of where streaming services are going to be in the next 10 years where everything Mm -hmm. is going to be everywhere already just mm-hmm. for you to grab and so if they want to continue to just feast off this nostalgia bump that our generation is so so hungry for <laughs> is Hulu specifically can handle this because they already have all the shows give us a a generated channel that's just Tgif that or, would be or awesome. whatever you know whatever you want to fill in that blank with because oh they already God. have they Boy could, meets world they yeah. already have Saved by the bell they have step by step whatever else was on oh my God TGIF. or they could do snick. Yes, exactly. Snick?
2: Snick? Yes. Yeah, Snick, Snick was, was from Nickelodeon. I uh, yeah, wondering Friday why that sounded night very familiar. Block. Yeah, that was yeah. Pete, <laughs> Larissa explains it all. Um, all that. Um,
1: Adventures of Pete, <laughs> Pete and Pete. Pete and let me Shorts. Are You Afraid was, of the Dark?
2: Are You Afraid of the Dark? The Amanda it, Show be included or no? No, that's so Snick okay, okay, was gotcha. between. Yes, yeah, Snick was between
1: 1992 and 1997. Gotcha. Okay. And then after that, it was. I don't remember anymore. <laughs> I mean, but I Yeah, I that love sounds like a great idea yeah. because
2: that is one of the things like I can get sucked in for an hour after I finish watching something and looking at the other things it recommends for me, or looking mm-hmm. for something else to watch, oh. and then I get too tired mm-hmm. to pick something. Exactly. Oh, turn it off the TV. YouTube.
0: Uh, that happens for me in YouTube. It will auto recommend everything that I want to watch, or I could just press the mix button, and it will automatically play videos based on what I just watched. Right. On that, so yeah, and yeah. it it totally really
1: boggles my mind that, that streaming services haven't attempted something like this <laughs> because it's so easy. You already own the content. There's no extra money that's going into this.
0: Maybe they're scared of change because it's already so good. It's
1: because. They 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 don't they, they just don't care. Okay. I think it's the thing is is they are so concerned with just throwing as much in our face as possible. <laughs> They don't care about how we consume it. Yeah, it's like, like th-
0: overstimulation in a way. It's just like throwing everything in our face and just being like bombarded.
1: Yeah, and I think the battle's not – I think right now the battle is just content. Who can get the most the fastest? Right. And in the yep. next couple of years, it's going to change from a content battle to an attention battle it's who or re- retention mm. battle. Right. It's it's how can I keep you on my site the longest?
2: One thing I would like to see improved is – access to foreign language. So for example, Netflix has really good access to foreign language shows, but not an easy way to find them. So what I have to do is I have to go online, like on my computer or on my phone to Netflix, Netflix netflix.francaise, netflix.romanian to find the shows that are available in those languages. And then once I know the name of the show, I can search for it on the Netflix app. Mm. There is not an easy way for me to go to all things in the French language, all things in the Romanian language. Because I'll find things that are supposedly available in Romanian, but they're not available in my region either.
1: I, anyway. th- I think, yeah, because Netflix is very region-based. And I have, just like I,
2: DVDs are.
1: Yeah, and I have a lot of friends that are in like Australia and in, and even in Canada where they... They have to use um, VPNs just to access our version of Netflix.
2: Right. Uh, and, you
1: know, because in, uh, I used it for a little bit, because uh, in Australia, they still have Avatar The Last Airbender on Netflix. Uh-huh. It's very important to me. <laughs>
0: my uh, brother loves Avatar The Last it's, Airbender. It's, the, too. it's my favorite show of all time. I it's a it. pretty
2: good show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched a pretty good chunk of it. Okay. So, the internet's been a crazy buzz this week because we're getting ready for the launch of. Disney sounds good. I was just die. about but to ask about I that, yes. I am this so excited. Okay, <laughs> this is a, something I totally want to talk about. As
1: mm-hmm. I'm currently wearing a Lilo and Stitch shirt and yes, you Max are. shoes and my Sleeping Beauty watch.
2: I, oh, so, I was wondering why
0: it was different colors. Now it yeah. makes sense. He's even I, got Disney on his keychain with mm-hmm. the quote. Have you? Uh, where is it? <laughs> Here you leave today and enter the world of yesterday, tomorrow, and
1: fantasy. Yeah, the plaque that's above Disneyland yes. when you first enter the park.
2: Um, I'm I'm wearing my pies of the Caribbean. Oh yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wearing Disney every day because I have Tinkerbell <laughs> tattooed to my shoulder. Nice. She does. So yeah. even if I'm not wearing any Disney, Disney is represented. Uh, I mean, there's, oh, there's a. I
1: mean, Disney is, is very prevalent, in, especially in LA. Like it's everywhere. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was at oh, Disney yeah.
2: I've had a two
0: Disney. Days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you were mm-hmm. Disney bounding as Pegasus? Was yeah, that it? Yeah. So for.
1: Jamie's <laughs> eyes <me, laughs> just
2: lit up. I want to see the uh, pictures of this brony. Yeah.
1: <laughs> not, not, not. Exactly to that extreme. <laughs> Disney bounding is once you're over 13, you're not allowed to dress in costume to the parks uh, for reasons of like you know you don't want uh, <laughs> Nico
2: no. So you, but you can dress up because it's yeah. not that you can't dress in costume. It's you cannot wear things that would be considered screen accurate. Yes, yeah. your because own interpretation you cannot be. They don't want you to be mistaken as an actual Disney character who works for Disney.
1: Mm-hmm. So Disney bounding is taking the color palette of a character and putting it onto casual streetwear.
0: Yeah, no, Amy did that actually when we went there for Halloween. Um, nice. I, I was Laura Croft, but she was a hipster Ariel. So, yep, mm. no, that's a good picture. Thank <laughs> you. And then I also loved your tag as well of, um, I remember, was it Instagram being like uh, the scene of the uh, pink Pegasus that got separated? Mm-hmm. Now this is why I have trust issues. Yeah. <laughs>
2: See, I was expecting to see, like, the tail and, you know, oh, you the expecting... and, no, you, know, no, you the can't wings. do that. You can't do that at Disney.
1: <laughs> it's Pegasus. Well, like... so so this weekend was Dapper Day. Do you know what that is? Yes. Okay. Uh, for the listeners, Dapper Day, it happens twice a year where you're supposed to dress uh, like it's opening day of the park. You're, like, 50's best. Uh, and so people have kind of combined Fancy. that. Yeah, combined that concept with the Disney bounding concept. And so you have Dapper Disney Bounds that happen... Once in April and once in November.
2: Yeah, it's not a style that really is my forte, mm-hmm. so I never go on Dapper Day because it's not.
1: Did it's you ever go to me. Bats Day? To what day? Bats Day.
2: Uh uh-uh. <laughs> uh There was
1: a. It happened. In... I've, I've
2: been. I've been to, been to Gay Day. I've been to Raver Day.
1: Mm-hmm. Like so, Bats Day at the park. Unfortunately, just ended last year, but it oh was no. the biggest goth community in Southern California got together and wore all black. Like as gothic as you, like going as far as like Victorian gothic. Yeah. See, uh, that
2: thing is, is that I'm alternative, but I'm not that far into the goth community. I am much more punk rock and glam rock. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So Disney plus. Yes. Um. I know my parents, they're all worried that, you know, cause they heard Disney's going to pull all their content from the other streaming platforms. I'm like, well, yeah, duh. That's how you get people to go to your platform. Um, But I don't mind paying an extra couple bucks a month to add all the Disney if it's going to open up to even more than what was already kind of currently available. Because Disney didn't even start allowing a lot of their content to be streamed. Until, I don't know, last like two or three years and they started actually bringing some of their movies out of the vault to be available on streaming. Because mm-hmm. before, I think they were really focused on if you buy the DVD, you get the digital copy too. Problem with that is is not everybody uses iTunes. Right. And so it's like that doesn't always work. My brother uses Vudu, and he buys them all through there, so he still has his digital copy. But I think they were still trying to find a solution that was going to work for more of... Their customers, yeah, for all of the Disney files,
1: and I, I, I am so excited for Disney Plus. It's super cheap. It's amazingly cheap. It, it kind of blew my mind that it's seven bucks a month. Yeah, um, so
2: it comes in at what a dollar less than Hulu or Netflix. Netflix is Netflix, and no, Netflix
1: nef- is twelve ninety nine now. It's
0: it's it's bumping up to twelve ninety nine
1: in like it, the next month. Mm-hmm. Right. What blows my mind with the Disney service is they're throwing everything at us day one. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's a good idea.
2: Ooh. They're going to oversaturate the market?
1: It's not that they're going to oversaturate. They're going to just have a huge fall off, in my opinion, a huge fall off of viewership because you're going to have the casual Disney fans come in, get the get the streaming service, watch the three movies they remember from the 90s and 80s, um, and then forget they have the service for the next six months, check their bank account, and like, hey, where is the $7 a month going? And then cancel. Right. And mm-hmm. I feel like that, because that, that was the trend... Um, there's a DC Universe app oh, that has yeah, all, yeah. Of, all of all of DC's content since 1940s uh, through now, both live action, animated, and movies. Um, and they had that problem for sure. They had a huge uh, wave come in at the beginning. Their live action, their uh, original show wasn't great, and so they had a huge fall off about three months later. And so Disney having everything is really going to have to depend on those user-generate, not user-generate, uh, the new shows to keep the audience interested.
2: Yeah, I hope that mm-hmm. means that they're going to create totally new content because unfortunately for the last, I don't know, five to ten years, the new Disney content other than our big movies that mm-hmm. come out in theaters yeah. has been very tween and very, yeah. not mm. that exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so like, it's been a long time since there was a Disney Channel TV show I was excited about. Yeah, or a Disney mm-hmm.
0: Channel movie original, even, like, in that kind yeah, of Yeah, I would not, say not Xenon
2: was probably the last Disney Channel movie I was excited about.
1: Okay, so 1998. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All
2: right. Just let me get to context of, like, how much, like... <laughs> but, you know, you know there, that were, was the there were... There are shows that I watched G-com, when... I believe. Like There were shows that I watched as a kid on Disney Channel when they were first starting to get all of these new shows Mm -hmm. that I still go, oh, I wish I had access to that. Oh, I Mm -hmm. wish I could still watch that one. But then in those later years... After Xenon, the, yes, there were all the shows that had you know those Disney stars that became music artists. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't attach to necessarily their shows, but mm-hmm. I understood the value in them and the the market that they were geared towards. Yeah. In the last ten years, I don't understand it. Like I, uh, I think the only one I'm even really aware of in the last ten years is uh, Zach and Cody. So Zach, and Zach and Cody. Cody. Yeah, Sweet yeah. Life so we Zach, Zach and Cody. And Cody. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the only one I'm even aware of, and that yeah.
1: ended. Yeah, almost 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, See? yeah. See? no, Sweet Life is See? Zach and
0: Cody. And then there was the one yeah, where Sweet Bella on Thorne and Zendaya were on together for Shake three seasons. Up. Shake it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and then. The one with uh the girl that like babysits like three kids. See, all at I'm once. more aware of the tween shows that are on Nickelodeon yeah. than I am yeah. of the ones that are on Disney. And well, then there's un- like a Charlie, whatever. Sorry, sorry. Mm-hmm. No, 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 you're fine. That uh that good luck good <laughs> luck
1: Charlie is when you think. Good of. luck, Charlie, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what
0: I'm thinking of. Yeah, no, geez, there's just so much. It's well, just I, un-
1: unfortunately all Disney I think unfortunately we just outgrown because i 'Cause I've I've been a diehard viewer of everything Disney my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, like I understand that I'm not their target demographic anymore. Somehow, a straight 26 year old male is <laughs> not what they're trying to push on their channel. <laughs> Somehow, uh,
2: do you think and, streaming might change that for their focus for their content? Yeah. So
1: that's the thing is they're they're definitely diversifying their new content. Where we're getting three Star Wars series, we're getting five Marvel series. Uh, we're getting a Phineas and Ferb movie, which is pretty family because oh everyone loves Phineas, Phineas and, and Ferb. <laughs> so that's coming back very briefly. <laughs> uh, they announced a hundred of the decom, a hundred of the hundred sixteen decoms are coming on to the platform, uh, and then five thousand episodes of. Disney Channel television, including <laughs> Lizzie, even Stevens, Boy Meets World. Lizzie
0: McGuire! Including- I'm sorry. Yeah. So, all right, Lizzie so Lizzie they're including
2: everything that is owned by Disney, such as ABC shows, then? Yes. Yeah, okay. literally everything
1: is going... I mean, that that's my fear, is everything is going on this app. So,
2: because I would totally sit down and watch a whole bunch of Tailspin and... Rescue Rangers. Mm-hmm. If Rescue Rangers out. was so
0: good. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Going back in memory lane. Oh, my goodness.
1: Yeah, yeah. So talking about new shows, um, Jeff Goldblum is getting his own Nat Geo show for Disney Plus. Cool. <laughs> uh, and I I'll really, watch that. And oh, I really goodness. hope he ends every episode with the life will find a way because <laughs> he has to, right? When I, I was disgusting. a
2: kid, I think it was around the time that I had my first agent. Um, I had this book that in the back of it, it had all of the classes available in New York and Los Angeles for acting and Jeff Goldblum had a class in LA <laughs> and when I was a kid living in New Hampshire my dream was to someday move to Los Angeles and take Jeff Goldblum's acting oh my classes. goodness that's adorable have you,
1: I, have you been to his, his jazz club
2: I have not
1: oh tell me about it yeah so <laughs> there's a place uh, in Los Feliz I think okay closer to downtown uh, called the Rockwell an, okay. am, a, a, an amazing little uh, table and stage bar. They have decent food, but the shows are, are adorable. <laughs> and every Wednesday, uh, Jeff Goldblum and his jazz band come and perform. Ooh. And you know, you get there early, you get food and drink, and he'll just come out and just talk with everyone in the audience. Uh, and just hang out. He'll take photos with everyone who wants to be there. It's it's a great place. Nico
2: said, let's go. He's mouthing it right now. Oh, yes, because now. now I can just go up to him and be like, hey, I love your work. As a child, I dreamed about taking your acting class. <laughs> That's something
1: yeah. I'm sure he's he wanted really to hear all his that. life. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so he, he plays a great game of Seven Degrees of Jeff Goldblum. Nice. Where you will oh. say any, anyone's name and he can connect himself to everyone. That's amazing. Oh,
0: that would be really interesting to go and I to see. I would say one of
2: my favorite Jeff Goldblum roles is one of the a random one that people probably don't even remember he was in the movie. It was called Nine Months. Mm. Hugh Grant and Julianne Moore and they get pregnant and they're trying to make it work. And they're having a baby. And Jeff Goldblum plays Hugh Grant's best friend and Hugh Grant uh, is freaking out this whole time not ready to be a dad mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways it's a very random role but it's absolutely hilarious he steals the show of well, course well you're gonna have to tell him that next time you see him
1: <laughs> yeah so, so jumping back onto streaming for a quick second yeah with, with <laughs> we just
0: go all over the place um, in this episode <laughs> no 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 because no. I, I think it's
1: something that is because you talked about something that's gonna affect the industry yes and I feel like people are really underplaying that. I mean it's a huge deal everyone's talking about how big of a deal it is but the idea that Disney now owns Fox is yeah. huge. And the fact oh, yeah. that they oh, own yeah. Fox and immediately shut down Fox 2000, which <laughs> was a great production house. They they made, um, I mean, they produced Love, Simon, which is huge.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and with that, Disney announced that they're going to put out less movies in theaters over the upcoming years, Ooh. which is kind of terrifying because mm-hmm. that means, I've been I've been saying this for a while, that the middle, the mid-range movie is dying. is almost dead. Every movie we get now is either over $100 million or under under $20 million. Anything in between yeah. that, studios just don't care about. It's not worth their investment at that point. Or right. they see it that way. I think that's stupid. Now, with Disney not putting out these movies anymore, we're going to have this void of kind of seeing all the representation that we need to see in theaters. And we can, you know, with Netflix and Amazon and Hulu, we're still going to have these movies. But there's something so unique and specific about... Going into a theater like, you know, Crazy Rotations was supposed to be a streamed movie. It was supposed to go up on Amazon, I believe. But they took less money from Warner Brothers because they knew how important it is for a a person, uh, you know, an Asian person to go to a theater, be around like-minded people and see a movie about them. Right. You know, and mm-hmm. that's it's it's great to be able to just do that at home, but it's not gonna give you the same experience. Kind of, yeah, this the, the experience and the the value of well, self. Then
2: maybe it's a good thing that the platforms like Amazon, Hulu, and Netflix have been trying to push out and be recognized as actual movie studios. Yes, they absolutely. have been yeah. going out for the Oscars, going out for the Emmys. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. they're making sure that their stuff gets into theaters so it is, you know, considered for yeah. it. Amazon,
1: mm-hmm. over the past three years, has basically been buying up the entirety of Sundance. Yes, for mm-hmm. for that reason, it's like we're going to make these movies that people need to see.
0: Right,
2: right. Yeah. And so I think those are going to be the platforms that are kind of stepping up into that void.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So kind of jumping into for what you personally watch, what subscription services do you have? And how do you feel about there being so many streaming services? Or would you rather that they would be like more condensed into a couple? More
1: more bundled. More, um, yeah,
0: more bundled. Yeah.
1: So I, my friend group back in Dallas, we we have a good system where everyone pays for one. Ah. Um, so through all of us, we have Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, HBO, Crunchyroll, Verve, um, DC Universe. There's a there's a streaming service called. Dropout, which is called Humor Streaming Service, highly recommend it. Okay. Um, I believe that's it.
2: There's a horror streaming service uh, that I can't remember the name of that I've been thinking about for mm-hmm. a while yeah. subscribing to. Yeah, and
0: there's been a new service that just came up that is like we'll do a
2: new romantic comedy movie like every oh, single yeah, day. Oh Gravitas- yeah, Gravitas. Gravitas Shutter, Shutter. Yes, Shutter is on my list to mm-hmm. subscribe to because what I love about horror movies. I mean, I got away from horror movies for a while because right when the found footage. Movie movies started kind of taking over. Yep. The focus was entirely on jump scare mm-hmm. and jump mm-hmm. scare is not really where it is for me. I'm much more psychological. Mm-hmm. I enjoy a good slasher movie as mm-hmm. well. <laughs> um, but what I love is on a Saturday morning, scrolling through Hulu and finding some low budget indie horror movie. <laughs> that's, that's just that. I find so many good things that way. The mm-hmm. brass teapot. That was a serious brass game teapot. For what me. the brass teapot?
1: Okay, that's added on my Pretty list. Apparently, Snow, I
2: believe is the lead in that.
1: Interesting. Very interesting. Well, I mean, yeah, when you have these kinds of movies, it's like the budget is almost its own character.
0: For me personally, I mean. I'm subscribed to a lot of services, but I, I definitely find it a bit annoying that, you know, the movie's only on one and then it's not the other. And I know that's a marketing strategy, but it'd be, it'd be again, going over the convenience See, instead of looking for. that's forward why you got to gotta use mentioned. your
2: Fire TV because you go, Alexa.
0: I, I don't have Alexa.
2: Lo- <laughs> Alexa. I want to watch the brass teapot, and she'll be like, "It's on Hulu right now." She'll look through all of my different channels and streaming platforms and tell me which one it's on. This
0: is why I had. This is why I use the website. Just is it just us or just what was it? I think it's. Now watching, I can't just remember
2: what it just was, watch it or whatever.
0: Just watching or whatever. I used to use Can called. I? That's what I use. I used
2: to use Can I stream it? But it eventually <laughs> oh, didn't yeah, get no. updated enough, and no, it's not yeah. accurate exactly. anymore. And that's the problem with the website. Yeah, it's just watching. I you got to use called. something that's AI driven.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's why hub services are going to be so prominent in the in the near future. Where we're gonna, you know, in the next five years, there's going to be, I assume, four big players in in the streaming. We're gonna have the Disney stream. We're gonna have the um warner brothers stream that's coming out warner brothers announced recently that they're teaming up with uh they I mean they own hbo so it's gonna be warner hbo and turner which is kind of a big left field move
2: mm-hmm. uh
1: coming together to rival disney and then we're gonna have you know is gonna get absorbed by netflix sorry by disney uh and then we're gonna have netflix and amazon i assume we're gonna be the four big players in the next five years Ooh that boy. seems like a
2: re- pretty good prediction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
1: everything else is just going to, you know, all these smaller services are just going to be absorbed or just die. The, I can't even count the number of SVOD services, that it, uh, SVOD services that have just vanished. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's, it's a big risk. It's something that everyone thought was a good idea back in 2011, dropped $15 million in and then never saw a profit. Right. Jeez.
2: Right. Because I will say that other than the big players that I already subscribe to, when mm-hmm. I look at these other streaming video on demand platforms, I'd always be picking the ones that were free. So like popcorn yeah. time, I only used it for whatever was free. I yeah. wasn't going to put any money into it because I'm already putting money into all these other places. Yeah. Like-
0: like freeform. Um therefore free how well how they do it is that it's free, but you have to uh, like watch commercials and ads. But then right. you can build up the amount of coins in your bank to spend on watching something completely without commercials, either a TV show or a movie, depending mm-hmm. on what
2: you want. So Right, right. You know, and that was one thing that really turned me off too, because I first was trying to go into like the CBS and the ABC apps since I don't have mm-hmm. um local channels um available to me through my direct TV now. So, I was trying to watch things through there, and all of them wanted me to like pay for it. And I'm like, wait, why do I have to pay for it? If I just had rabbit ears, you would be free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, that's like a trick. <laughs> I have been noticing how it's affecting our industry um, as working in the film industry. Yes. So, oh my God. I definitely book so many web series or, you know, things that basically may get sold to like a Netflix or an Amazon or a Hulu or may just end up going up on YouTube mm. or Facebook Live mm-hmm. or not Facebook Live but Facebook Watch mm-hmm. which um, are not
1: which are players that shouldn't be undermined cuz you know right. YouTube is is I would say YouTube rivals Netflix and Film. I can see that,
2: yeah. I'm seeing more jobs in that arena than I am in the indie film arena. Mm -hmm. That is one of the things that makes it more difficult for me to get my days, because then I'm getting days three at a time, five at a time, instead of getting a whole chunk of 15 to 25 days on a feature. On a feature, Mm -hmm. yeah. no. Well, yeah, and I think
1: we also have to think about how people focus over the next few years, because... Kind of going into the Netflix model, you guys kind of touched on it beforehand, the boom of the serialized show mm-hmm. where everything is now an 11 hour movie with yep. with moments of, you know, with moments of panic, which will get you to get to the next episode. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that bubble going to pop because no one, no one's going to focus on it anymore. We're gonna we're gonna lose the ability to just stay focused for just an hour. Yeah, we're gonna be scared to think about, But that's where, that's where. Our, well, our I see heading. it
2: definitely with the kids that I work with. Mm-hmm. Like attention span. Mm-hmm. That's why they're the ones who are on. You know, watching Instagram TV, watching YouTube. Yeah. Like I'll watch one of the kids watching like a cartoon episode on YouTube. He doesn't even watch it all the way through. He's skipping Mm -hmm. 30 seconds at a time and watching snippets of it. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's terrifying because I'm like, we're building an entire generation of people who cannot focus.
1: But if you look at the flip side, I agree with that absolutely. But if you look at the flip side of that, we're building a generation that can multitask better than any other generation. I and don't when see it that. Comes into, once we get into I the can't realm, do anything
2: effectively. Well, I think once we
1: get into the realm of VR and AR being such an adaptive part of everyday life, I think that's going to start to come into play when we can. Because the way I imagine it, we're going to have the glasses that we're going to walk around with at some point, where you're going to be able to switch between AR and VR whenever you whenever you want. And the world is gonna be overlaid to whatever you want. And so you're gonna be walking around, you know, you can have a chat going on here, you can have maps up over here, you're gonna see an ad over here that if you look over here, you're gonna hear the audio for that ad. All ads are gonna be directly targeted towards you, uh, which is scarier. Uh,
0: yeah ad I'm targeting already terrified doesn't as, scare as it me. is. Ad
2: targeting doesn't scare me, but the the glasses thing Yeah, no that else terrifies that me that too. Yeah, there was a
0: there was a short movie that I watched. I can't remember its name. It was foreign film about uh VR and kind of interactive and social media and how like multitasking and everything. And there was this woman that had literally so many screens going on at once and like trying to get like money here and money there and everything and then she ends up getting hacked and gets to a point where someone cuts her finger which will then get to the security code and mm. then she loses everything. So then she has to start all over again by going to the nearest thing which is like at a church and start a subscription there Mm -hmm. it was just like oh my god the the generation they're going to be so absorbed in the whole VR thing, which I understand that it's a part of it, but it just, it's just—it's scary. It's mm-hmm. scary a little bit when you can kind of create that reality. But it's in also front of
1: you. exciting. No, it see... is. I'm
0: just—it's both. It's yes, both. absolutely. It's yeah. both. So change I,
1: is scary, but also leads to a lot of opportunity.
0: I know, but I just don't want to get—I just don't want to lose touch of reality so much because I feel like I already do that with. And that, i mean—that's
1: still years and you know, decades away from that being such common, such a commonplace thing. I
0: I mean, some things have happened faster I'll than think. I'll take hope so.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, there there is the idea that it can just pop out of nowhere because, you know, <laughs> cell phones. We're, we're, oh, geez. I yeah. mean, cell phones did take a decade to become commonplace, uh, but now we're so much more accepting of new technology.
0: Yes, I will say that.
1: Um, but it has to be something that every generation can use. And mm-hmm. once you hit that, then that's when you know it's going to be a thing. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's why, like, the Google Glass never took off, because not everyone cared about it. Yeah, yeah. You need something where the elderly to the infant can, you know, use without much problem.
0: Like Alexa? Would that be an example? Absolutely, like Alexa. That's <laughs> why Alexa's Alexa is so big now. Oh Yeah, Alexa or, like, the now Google Home or things like that. Yeah, and those things mm-hmm. are now taking off, and that's yeah, becoming Yeah, voice more command,
1: you know... Was something from sci-fi for, for mm-hmm. years and years? Voice command was just a, a figment of our Hello, imagination. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but then in the early two thousands, people figured out how to use it and how to use it well. Mm-hmm. And then you had the wonderful Xbox problem when <laughs> Xbox. Um, which version was that? The most? Oh. What's the most recent Xbox?
0: Oh, was it the one of like the Xbox? Are we talking about the? Hack? Yeah, the Xbox One. Yeah, yeah, Are you yeah. About where
1: it was a voice command where you say Xbox turn off. And it yeah. turned your Xbox off. And so people would. Someone
0: tricked me with that a couple of weeks yeah, back. Yeah, people I was would like, Gosh, live stream. It. People
1: would, you know, be on chat and they wouldn't have headphones on. And someone in the oh, yes. someone in the game would yell this. out, Xbox turn off. And like three people would leave the game. <laughs> yeah. Their Xbox replied. I was shown
0: a montage clip video so, of that once, which is pretty cool. <laughs> when Leota
2: lived with me the first time, mm-hmm. um, she we, we would be watching TV through my Xbox. And so she got used to the voice controls like Xbox, pause, Xbox, play. The second time Leota moved in with me, we were using my Wii to st- to stream through, to watch like Netflix and stuff through. And so she would yell, Xbox, play. And I'm like, it's not the Xbox. That doesn't work. You need the remote. And she would just keep yelling, Xbox, play, Xbox, <laughs> play, until I got up and grabbed the Wiimote and hit play. And I'd look at her, I'm like,
0: Damn it. It works.
2: It works because she just
0: yelled it until I did it for her. So uh, last question I can think of. Uh, Maybe it's a little bit biased, but uh, what is your favorite streaming service personally?
1: I mean, (laughs) since Disney Plus is not out yet. Yeah, I
0: was about to say. You can't say that. You can't
1: say that yet. (laughs) I mean, the one that I use the most is Netflix. Mm -hmm. But I feel like... I guess I would have to say, I mean, Crunchyroll is definitely up there. Like, oh, I, I consume, Crunchyroll's great. I consume an unhuman level of, of content. Um,
2: <laughs> no, don't worry. I love me some good anime, too. I think Netflix is my top, not just because of just the quality of content that they have and the mm-hmm. vast variety of movies, mm-hmm. is I tend to find TV shows that really fit my interests on there better than I do on other platforms Mm -hmm. and because I can get better foreign language content on Netflix than I can on other platforms. Yeah, it makes Mm -hmm.
1: sense. Well, with Netflix, I know people have been talking about this for a while, but how they cater thumbnails now To the audience member. And then did you guys hear about, uh, what is it, Death, Love, and Robots? Yes. And how they handled that? Yeah. So um, since it's an anthology series, Mm -hmm. there doesn't have to be a specific order. And so Netflix was testing based off of your viewer, based off of what you watch, they gave people different orders in the episode.
2: That explains the argument that my boyfriend and I had. (laughs) What? He messaged me and said, hey watch Death, Love, and Robots, because his company worked on it. Mm-hmm. And he said, watch episode two, because he wanted to know what I thought about it. And I didn't get to episode two, but I had watched episode one. I was trying to talk to him about the first episode. And he's like, oh, I don't think I saw that one. I'm like, well, how did you not see it? It was the first episode.
0: <laughs> but I
2: then he looked it up, and it's like the eighth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how did that happen? Oh, that's that's actually very clever to yeah, kind of have so, a series but of to do that. If that's what they did, that's smart on them because that first episode was definitely way more geared to my interests than to his. Exactly, and it also great conversation starters if you think about it. If people watch the same thing and they're like,
0: "Wait, no, wait, hold on, you want no, but I what? yeah," and it gets them talking. Yeah, because it, it starts for more. me. It
2: started um, beyond the awkward awkward rift. Mm-hmm. And that was very much my type.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, I think it's I think it's a throwback to the days of like Clue, yeah. where when you oh. went to the, when you went to see the theater and it had, had three different, different endings, different end-
0: three different endings. I remember that. Oh yeah. my goodness! My favorite streaming service. Hmm. I mean, in a way. Because it's probably the one I consume the most, it would be Netflix. But I do find myself, depending on my mood and what I'm interested in, sometimes there'll be a lot of crunchy roll with anime, or sometimes, like with Hulu, it'd be the act. And sometimes a lot Netflix
2: of Netflix like, has a lot of anime, so I don't think I would ever need yeah. to it go does,
1: elsewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I mean, there's some anime that is not on uh, Netflix that right. I, I found this yeah, really good. Like, like, if,
1: a, if, yeah. if people want to talk about how much Netflix content is being generated this year, people really underestimate how much. Japanese content is oh, created every year. For, that's true. Like, How
0: much? It just blows my mind. There's
1: usually 40 to 60 new series every season. Yes. Yeah. So that's over 200 shows a year. Yeah. Just animated not including their game shows, their live action, their dramas the live action movies. and their yeah. movies. Yeah.
0: So sometimes I'll be in an anime mood. Um, if a lot of movies that I will actually buy and watch would be from Amazon prime. Mm-hmm. Like I'm actually looking into maybe watching Ruby sparks. I've heard a lot about it recently and I really want to watch that because it looks so cool. So yeah, but I guess Netflix would be the simple answer.
2: <laughs> so we're we're kind of all in agreement with the biggest <laughs> streaming platform that is out there, and that is actually all of ours favorites. So Netflix yeah. is doing it right, whatever it is yep. they're doing.
1: Well, I think, as, as I kind of mentioned before, as my closing argument, um, whoever whoever dominates the next phase, whoever figures out how to retain audience attention, They're similar to Spotify. There's a million, not a million. There's three (laughs) other big players in the music industry, streaming industry, but no one compares to Spotify because they were first and they did it best. And so whoever does it in the next wave after the bundle era, they're gonna be, you know, the leaders for the next 10 years.
0: Well, that was a lot. Thank you so much, Cameron, for talking about hashtag streaming. I'm sure we didn't cover all of your points. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: (laughs) (laughs) and we do have some more fun for you. Yes, we do. We have a thing called, we do called hashtag hunt. Basically, we take the hashtag or things related to it and we put it on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, and find some funny quotes that people would put up there or things. Now,
2: here's where I said the live streaming video game thing came in. So when I used our hashtag hashtag streaming, 98% of everything that came up under that tag was about live video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, streaming. through Twitch. Of course. Correct. Twitch, yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. I know that's a thing, but that was not what our episode was focused on. No. Nope. So I did I found some under the hashtag streaming, and then I went ahead and I looked up hashtag Netflix and chill. Of course, of course, of course, of course, of course. And then, of course, got something that was a little bit more geared towards the focus.
0: (laughs) All righty, so let's go through this list, shall we? I went in depth into the subject of hashtag streaming and its effects upon music. Why we need fair alternatives to Spotify.
2: So that's really going more into like, you know, the money part of it, you know? Yeah,
0: well, the next one goes into the money part of it. Oh, Um, goes further. Okay. Okay, so... Uh, The dollar sign, Disney, making hashtag streaming great again, and it has a photo of all the companies that Walt Disney owns. Disney, ABC, ESPN, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, FX, Fox Searchlight, Fox 20th Century, National Geographic Star, and Hulu. We're going to have to put that on our social media. (laughs) We're going to have to show
2: that. Yeah. When you see it all in black and white, it's kind of like, wow, I knew Disney owned a lot. Also, if we include
1: everything they produce, which would include all of Studio Ghibli.
2: Studio Ghibli, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, And that would include Miramax. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, my gosh. See, people forget Disney is behind Pulp Fiction. Disney owns so
0: much. They're just taking over the world. One company at a time. <laughs>
2: Disney and Amazon.
1: Hmm? Yep. I did have a quote, if I can if I can read my quote. do. <laughs> we don't have do. to, put it, don't have no, to be part of no, the no, air no, no. at all, but I, I just love this quote so much. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, it's from a movie called Phantom of the Megaplex, which was a DCOM from 2002. Uh, it's, when we arrive in this world, magic is all around us. You simply have to see a baby discover a butterfly or a toddler splash in the bath for the first time. Yet, as the years pass, simple pleasures aren't quite so simple to find. Myths and legends fall away. Santa's secrets are revealed. Card tricks lose their fascination. True wonder is hard to come by, but there's always magic in the movies. Pirate ships, bicycles that fly, angels are in their wings. Beautiful women marry handsome men, and we all learn there's no place like home. To destroy that magic, to shatter those moments, to me is a sin so grave it'd be almost incomprehensible. And I feel like that's definitely wow. how I feel about the theater.
0: <laughs>
1: Thank you, Movie Mason. <laughs>
0: A Stranger Things season three trailer and a trailer for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Today is going to be a great day. Uh, how How is Once Upon a Time? This is a show I never different, got different, into.
1: Different series. So Once Upon a Time ended. Okay. There's a movie that is uh, oh, Tarantino's gotcha. ninth. Right? It's his ninth film. Wait, yeah, Quentin Tarantino? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Wait, this, what? <laughs> yeah, so Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is about Hollywood in the 1960s, kind of the end oh, okay, of the golden Oh, okay, gotcha, age.
0: gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I mm-hmm. was I was thinking about, geez, sorry. My roommate in no, college no, loved Once Upon a Time and she yeah. would watch it all the time. I was just like, nah, I don't care for it. And the, so I was just that Um what I enjoyed too.
2: the first like two seasons of Once Upon a Time, the uh-huh. TV show, um, and it started to lose me.
0: Yeah. Okay, call me the lamest of all lames. Coachella, I'm out, cutting the party very short. Lull, I'm fucking tired and want my bed. Hashtag Netflix and chill. Hashtag Postmates.
2: (laughs) The joy of being able to just stay in your house and have food delivered to you and media delivered to you.
0: Yeah. And
2: have Alexa tell you your notifications. I know. It's Mm -hmm. just,
0: I have a thing about Postmates. It's so expensive and they always, they've always like canceled my order every single time. Really? Like almost every single time I've tried to do Postmates, Postmates. it always cancels and like, it can't be delivered and I have to do it like three times. I'm like, oh, fine. I'll actually go to the restaurant myself and get it. So <laughs> I mean, an, as- an aspect
1: of, of the food delivery thing that I think people overlook a lot is mm-hmm. how it's keeping old people out of retirement homes.
0: They're actually, in- yeah,
1: infinitely cheaper to have all your meals delivered than to, just wither away in a home
0: yeah no the try guys um yeah, yeah exactly. they did they did a series on this and they were talking a lot about how with old age like post like food services are much cheaper as you were talking about Cameron to instead of going to retirement homes and things like that it's more used by elderly folks rather than young millennials rain in the forecast curl up on the couch with your favorite hashtag snacks and get ready for a hashtag Netflix marathon but the question is what would that Netflix marathon be
2: out of curious. that's gonna be different for every person yeah what you would know? yours be If I had to pick something, I'd probably pick something that I've already watched just because Mm -hmm. I can't think of all the million things that are on my (laughs) list to watch. I would watch The Chalet again. Mm -hmm. So, which is a French um, suspense series Mm -hmm. about this group of, you know, 30 somethings that go back to their hometown for a wedding, and the bridge goes out, and people start dying. And you're trying to solve a crime, the crimes that are happening now, and they keep flashing back to 20 years ago and to a crime that happened then. And it all unfolds at the same time. Interesting. So if you speak French or you don't mind subtitles, (laughs) watch The Chalet. Cameron, what would your
0: marathon be?
1: Oh, it it would depend on if I'm trying to do anything else. If (laughs) if I want to draw or write that day, Mm -hmm. I'll put on something I already know. Mm -hmm. So uh, probably... Probably the office, like everyone else. Oh, uh, my but brother no, I, loves the office. I mean, so if much. I, if, you know, if I'm if I'm having a, mar- a proper marathon, then I'll try. I'll try something new. I mm-hmm. think it's always worth trying to find new media. Yeah. Or for the million millionth time, I will watch uh, Empire Records because it's oh. amazing.
2: Empire Records is one of my favorites. Oh, it's wait,
1: so good. yeah, that's right. I
0: keep forgetting mm-hmm. you introduced me to Empire Records. I did. Empire I Records did. and Scott
1: Pilgrim are like my two go to movies. I still get to like, see Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> it's, it's my second favorite movie of all time. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: okay. All right. All right, so this is this is from Twitter. Um, hashtag Netflix and chill equals surfing through Netflix for 45 minutes and not being able to decide what
2: to watch, so we go to bed instead. <laughs> we talked about that. <laughs> we
0: did. The overstimulation. Sometimes of we need bombarded. it to decide
2: for us, just like the t- cable networks already have. Yes. They, it's already programmed. Just turn it on, and that's what channel surfing is for. It's harder to channel surf when you have to actually like pick it and get it to play. I'm,
1: I'm curious with this. With the statistic you threw out earlier about people spending three hours on Hulu, if that is considering time scrolling or if that's just time watching. Yeah.
2: For me, it would definitely not even include the scrolling because, like, once I hit play, because I'm binging, i mm-hmm. yeah. just playing episode after episode yeah. after episode. Yeah. yeah but, autoplay.
0: Yeah. But then if you go into that scrolling, I don't know how relevant it was, but then it would go back to the whole thing with Bird Box on Netflix when it said, like, how, how, how what was the total of how many people watched that movie? Like, and they was debating about how, like, all the way through it was, or was it like stopped in between? Is it just how many people that just watched it, versus how much they watched all the way through? I mean, Netflix
1: is infamous for not sharing any data with us.
0: Uh, Another tweet: Um, In your twenties, hashtag Netflix and chill equals sex. In your thirties, hashtag Netflix and chill equals actually watching Netflix, actually chilling. I feel like this is me all throughout. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm not going to get aboard the Netflix and chill bandwagon like in
2: your 20s. Well, it's talking about, you know, when you're doing it with, you know, a partner. Yeah. No. And
0: most of the time it's me alone. So.
1: (laughs) I think it was Vice. I think it was Vice a couple of years ago did a great video of going around the world and asking what different cultures version of Netflix and chill is. Because everyone has has something. it's Mm -hmm. really fascinating. Interesting. uh, Where some it's like, hey, let's go. It's like, hey, do you want to go like pick an apple, or like, do you want to go get some? You know, do you want to go get some tea or something like that? Mm-hmm. All right,
0: and the last one. At the end of the day, we all unwind in different ways. Some people hit a bar or see a movie. Some read or listen to music or take a soak, enjoy family time. I've heard of even hashtag Netflix and chill. Me. I watch videos of Civil War Battlefield tours on YouTube. Hashtag sorry. Hashtag I'm taken.
2: <laughs> hey, if that's somebody's content, then that's hey, their content. And it works for them, and they're taken. So... yeah,
1: <laughs> They don't care about being judged anymore. Nope,
2: nope. Exactly. Well, that's all we have for hashtag hunt. We have one section left. It's time yes. for challenges. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't have a challenge to pay off this week. Uh, we were recording multiple episodes this week, because we had our producers out of town, Chelsea went out of town for her birthday, and I have been filming. So things are a little chaotic. a little all over the place. So <laughs> nothing to pay off, but we did want to ask our guest, Cameron, do you have a challenge for us related to hashtag streaming?
1: That's a great question. <laughs> um, I, I really like your idea. I think uh, I'll pass that on. I think you have to... Your challenge is... Uh, to find a streaming service that you currently are not subscribed to, uh, and try a free trial of it.
2: Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that. Uh, so I think that'll probably be Shutter. For yeah. Me. So you can
1: you can get Shutter.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, man, I don't. I don't know. Which... You
1: should try Verve. Verve is one of the b- early bundle services, which cr- it, Crunchyroll and Funimation are both under it. Oh. Okay. But it's oh, also yeah, a yeah, handful yeah, yeah. of I've others. Heard. So it's also like uh, uh, Rooster Teeth, Channel Frederator. Rooster uh, Teeth. And- Rooster Teeth, huh? Yeah. I used
0: to be mm-hmm. subscribed to Te- Rooster, teeth, Rooster Teeth for a while, but mm-hmm. then I, I didn't watch a, their stuff. I so. have a
2: red versus blue T-shirt that's signed by Do Simmons really? and Church. Wow.
1: <laughs> One of my friends uh, is a concept artist over there now. Nice. Oh, for, yes. uh, for Ruby.
2: Yeah. yeah, no, I used to work at GameStop, and my boss would go to the E3 convention, of course, mm-hmm. every year, and she brought me back two T-shirts from e3 um one it was a you know girl size t-shirt of red versus blue and the other one was a giant like d- double xl but it was signed by simmons and church nice
1: that's
0: pretty cool yeah all right verve okay yeah i've heard a lot of verve i've mm-hmm. heard a lot about verve but I yeah haven't it's, it's, it's it. our
1: uh it's my company's like sister
0: oh uh, company. sister sister company okay mm-hmm. okay all right verve I think I also want to add the channel. Oh, and they just
1: added uh, Nick Splat, which was a Nick big Splatt. deal. Yeah. Nick Splat, okay. Yeah, so all of the 90s Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon. cartoons. Uh, <gasps> Legends are of are the
2: Hidden Temple? Stage. Would that be on no, there? No, that's not a cartoon. No. Is,
1: uh, no, it is not. Oh, but
2: it'll have Action League now.
1: It will have the blam, yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Well,
1: Did anyone else try and hold their breath during the theme song when they go underwater? super strong and super, super naked. naked. <laughs> yeah.
2: I love, I actually, that's something I have on my YouTube playlist is there's a channel that has all the Kablam stuff. I have that with
1: uh, with Recess.
0: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Recess. Yeah. All right. So those are the challenges. All right. Cameron, is there anything you want to plug? Anything you want to promote? Anything uh, like that at all? Yeah.
1: I... I, I should be a good podcast person in front of my <laughs> podcast. Uh, if, if you have any interest in 90s animation or superheroes or batman specifically uh, you can find my podcast on all of the social networks uh, at tim talk pod instagram facebook twitter gmail etc uh, if you want to find me, you can see my artwork over at Cameron.Dexter. I do a bunch of tiny animations. Uh, if you want to see my face and what I look like, <laughs> you can find that at Cam Dexter underscore adventures.
0: And can verify that he's a good looking man. Thank you. <laughs> I told you he's jacked. Yes. That's what Guys, you get from boxing. Stop. <laughs> oh, you starting to blush? No, my
1: podcast partner's just going to tear me apart tomorrow.
0: <laughs> oh, come on. If he does, then just, just tell
2: me where he is and I'll... Beat the crap out of him. <laughs> no. Chris is,
1: Chris is sweet. He no, I'm, I, keep, I I He keeps me grounded.
2: <laughs> okay, that's good. Well, you can, of course, find us at Life Goals Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And then we'll be posting some of the social media stuff that we've been going on
0: and then, you know, maybe some other stuff that we've been... Talking about maybe behind the scenes contact, we'll see what's, what happens. Yeah, we have
2: lots of new <laughs> and exciting things coming to you. I hope everybody has enjoyed the dance challenge videos. Yes, those dance challenge now. videos. Please let us know if you enjoyed it um, because we have other video ideas mm-hmm. in the future. Yes. To explore, but we want to hear what you guys want to see.
0: Yeah. So any feedback that you have would be great. So please let us know at Life Goals Pod, capital P O D. At the end. <laughs>
2: well, again, Cameron, it's been such a pleasure having you yeah, here. Thank it's been you so, much, so fun. much.
1: Thank you guys for having me. This was so much fun.
0: Oh, I'm glad you had fun. Yes, and you've actually been doing podcasting longer technically than we have.
2: So
1: yeah we uh, we just recorded episode 117.
2: Wow. Jeez. Yeah. We started
1: we started Tim Talk back in August 2016.
2: Yeah, we'll give you some context. This is going to be episode 15. Great. Yes, exactly.
0: So we're just fresh off the bandwagon right here. Well, hope everyone had a great time listening to all this wonderful content about Hashtag Streaming. Once again, I'm Chelsea Wingo. And I'm Amy Covell. And this has been Hashtag hashtag Life Goals. goals. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye-bye.